Hey everyone, what's up? It's Britt and welcome back to another episode of the Off Days Podcast. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Mine was so busy but so much fun. We had the TABC showcase over the weekend so my boys at Duncanville had three games and I was just with them and in the locker room and filming and just kind of getting a taste of what this season is going to be like. It was super fun. We did lose one game. It's not the end of the world. The sun came up the next day. It's always like so crazy when we lose at Duncanville because it's like, oh my God. But we don't win state championships in June, people. So everyone just calm down. But it's also kind of like funny when we lose in a way because everyone never expects us to lose. And I think it just shows a lot about the process that goes into just winning and grinding because the team that we are in June and even October, January isn't the team we are in March when we have won our state championships. So calm down. It's it's okay. Like everyone's fine. But um, no, it was a fun weekend just being able to get my camera in my hands and get some content going and everything like that. And then I've just been kind of planning out the content for the week. I have a really huge order of Foreverland merch that's coming in. It was supposed to be done today, but it'll be done tomorrow. And then the rest of it will be done Wednesday. So packaging all of that because I want to get it done before the 4th of July. The tournament is July 6th through the 8th. I have to bleach like 100 something long sleeve shirts, package everything. It's going to be crazy. But I'm super excited and super busy. But today on the podcast, we have Juan Reyna from Duncanville. That's how I met Juan. He is just such an amazing person, so much fun to be around. I love his background. I love his story. I love how confident he is. I love how hard he works. And so I just wanted him to come on and tell his story of just being a minority in the basketball world, growing up as a hooper, being Mexican, going to an HBU and just all of that. And I really think you guys are going to enjoy hearing from him. I know a lot of you guys follow him and everything like that and just our journey together from Duncanville. So yeah, make sure you guys subscribe if you're not. Make sure you guys follow and everything. And yeah, so let's just get right into today's episode. Hey guys, it's Britt and welcome back to the Off Days podcast. I'm so glad you decided to tune in with us today. Here on the show, we're going to be talking about all things hoops and other sports, mental health, sport life balance, what it's really like playing and working in college sports personal branding for athletes and creating content, and just a place where we can give athletes and other sports professionals a fun, safe place to be open, honest, and transparent to tell their stories to help inspire the next wave of athletes and sports professionals. So make sure you tune into Off Days, and as always, stay inspired. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off Days. I'm joined here by a very special guest, very close friend of mine, someone I'm sure you guys all know, the best shooter ever, besides me, <laughs> the man himself, Juan Reyna. Thank up, you. Ron? Thank you for having me. I said Ron, me. I think. It sounded like it. <laughs> That's good. I know. I always do that, Juan and Ron. But what, anyways, Juan, what have you been up to? Um, first of all, thank you for having me. It's of a pleasure. Course. Being on the Brittany Graham's um, <laughs> podcast, 
one of your first guests. But I know. Um, uh, I've just been working out, really, just getting ready. Yeah. Um, I'm actually about to go to uh, Mexico for uh, the men's national team. We got training camp there. Mm-hmm. And then, I forgot about that. When is that? Uh, I leave June 19th. We're going to Chihuahua. <laughs> and then uh-huh. uh, I think we'll play after. But uh, And, and then, it's you. What you is it? 18? No, it's the men's team. Oh, okay, okay. Like the <laughs> heads team. Oh. The men's team, yeah. Dang, that's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good experience. So one of the things I always like to talk about first, just to kind of connect the dots for people that don't know how you and I met. Mm-hmm. So tell the people... How you met me and kind of like what your first like memory together with me was, and then I'll tell you mine of you. Um, well, I mean, I remember the day exactly when I met you. It was at Hoop Fest. Um, I think it was like I don't remember who was with me. I think it was Zurich or JB or mm-hmm. Damon, but um, I think I'd seen some of your pictures before, and I mean, I had liked them. I was new to the city too, kind of, yeah. but um. I seen, I was like, it's pretty cool, like, uh, like a girl, like, taking pictures yeah. with boys who, like, something different, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I remember you came up to us on the sideline, and, like, we met you, and I was like, she's, she's really cool and stuff. <laughs> that's that's what I remember, like, my first encounter. Yeah. No, I that was the same one for me. Like, I remember it was at Hoop Fest after y'all got blown out by Mount Bird. It was the next day. Y'all were playing Sierra Canyon. At night, yeah. Yeah, and y'all were, like, in the main gym or whatever. And I didn't really know any of y'all yet. That was, like, the first time I really had met everybody, like, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone had knew you, though. JB. JB. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then, but no, I remember you, like, came up to me and, like, formally introduced yourself to me. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> you were like, hi, my name is Juan Reyna. I'm new to the team, and I just wanted to introduce myself to you. And I really, I really wasn't with you guys that much. No, yeah, yeah. That year? No, nah, junior no. Yeah. Or but towards the end. Towards the yeah. end I was. But I, my, the first time I really kind of, like, got to know you was, like, during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And me, you, JB, and Zurich were in the gym after practice for, like, two hours. COVID year, remember? And that was when you were like, Britt, when we win state, you got to take a picture of me, like. Yeah, that um, was. Yeah. We stayed in the gym, like, <laughs> at least two or three hours after practice ended. Yeah, that was And that was, was when day. I really got to know you. That, my bad. that was the day uh, Damon and I ran because uh, we left school to go get Subway and uh, Coach Johnson had his running a factorial. Yeah, that I was remember so tired. That. But we were talking for two, like at least two hours. Yeah, like, yeah. So that was kind of how we got to know each other. And then after that, I y'all were the first group I was with for a full year. So your senior year, like mm-hmm. we became really cool, really close. Yeah. Um, along with Zurich and Dame or whatever, but. Yeah, that was that was kind of like how we linked up and got cool or whatever. Are you watching the NBA Finals? First game is tonight. Who are oh, you yeah. going with to win the whole thing? I'm gonna have to go with the Warriors. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Steph. Like ever since like he started, mm-hmm. like 2015. I'm not per se a Warriors fan. I'm a Spurs fan. Like a yeah. diehard, but like I say, Spurs aren't in it right now. I just yeah. the Warriors are just fun to watch regardless. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good matchup. Like, Boston is just tough and gritty and, like, yeah. play good defense. So, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like it's just going to be a long series, so I don't know. I just think experience will win at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. So the name of the podcast is called Off Days, and um, you know me, I'm really big on just, like, being well-rounded and doing other things and stuff like that that's good for your mental and things. So what? how do you spend, like, your off day? Like, when you were at school as a freshman, like, I feel like you were in the off gym day. shooting. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't really have an off day, honestly. Yeah. I was just shooting. That's mm-hmm. my off day, just going in there it's, I feel like it's therapeutic to me just mm-hmm. going to the gym and shoot by myself yeah honestly sometimes I even listen to music I was about to say music yeah just going in there shooting yeah being, and I feel like for you you always gotta get something good to eat on an off day yeah actually I would go to Roadhouse at night time mm-hmm. I mean just get like a grilled chicken breast and yeah. mashed potatoes for those of y'all that don't know Juan is like that person in the friend group <laughs> he always wants to go eat yeah I'm always hungry like always everyone's like wine like we just ate but wine always wants to eat (laughs) what else what other kind of things are you interested in like besides like basketball basketball i mean definitely just hanging out with my family really Mm -hmm. i feel like i like watching shows like a romantic show or something yeah um i like watching podcasts like yeah like i know a couple nba players got some podcasts and then a lot of people don't know this, but like sometimes I'm a, like I play chess. Really? Like I'm, yeah, I've never told you that. No. <laughs> like I'm I'm good at chess, so uh-huh. like I got a board at home, and like no one really knows how to play my family besides my brother, oh, and he's okay. not very good. But yeah. I try to teach him. But I'll play on my phone. I'll just like yeah. Turn no, it up that's to cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of into, like, fashion and stuff like that. You can dress. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll be on TikTok or just, like, online just looking on yeah. stuff. The yeah. mismatch. Just very cool, stuff, very yeah. cool. When I first started, like, brainstorming about a podcast, you definitely came to mind just to bring on a different vibe because I think it's really cool just, like, your background with you being Mexican um, and being, like, a really elite hooper and then also just, like, the confidence that you have as a person and obviously as a player is just, like, super contagious. And for those of you that don't know, like, Juan is an elite basketball player but also like an elite like shooter just like I remember the first time I've like saw you play like the first time you see you play you're just like who does this kid like think he is like you're just so confident yeah probably people think that yeah like you step over the three-point line just or half court and just like launch it like crazy handles so much confidence I guess the first question kind of is like how did you learn to shoot or who taught you to shoot and like how did you develop like that skill set um so my first memory was just like I don't know if like when I was little I wasn't really like well he's like the best shooter I I know I was like always really good but Mm -hmm. I guess people thought that but myself I just I was just a hooper you know I was just hooper when I was little and I guess like I would say like probably Six or seven grade, I'm like, I'm like way better at this at shooting than everyone else, mm-hmm. and I just came from like honestly just going to the gym every night with my yeah. dad and just putting a lot of shots up. Like, but to me, I was just fun. So like, your dad is the one who kind of like taught you how to shoot, or was it just something that mm. came kind of natural that you just worked on? Yeah, I mean, he didn't teach me how to shoot, but yeah. I mean, he would give me pointers sometimes. But I felt like. I mean, honestly, just to be honest with you, like, I felt like it's just something, like, kind of just came natural, and then, obviously, just 
Mm-hmm. The hard work just kind of backs it up. Yeah. And just make it something kind of special. Just from like being around you on and off the court, one of the things that I personally admire about you is just like how confident you are. Mm-hmm. Um, just from, you know, going to talking to girls or like, you know, just <laughs> your when you walk in a gym, like just the confidence that you bring from the people around you. Yeah. Best dress, like best handles. Like if Steph Curry like walked in the gym, you know what I mean? Yeah. You would be like, no, like I'm the best shooter in the gym. Yeah. So like, have you always kind of had that confidence <laughs> as a kid? And like, where did it come from? Um, Honestly, that just comes from like, to be honest with you, it's just like, Honestly, it's just in me, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like, I mean, it's something you can you can teach someone and you can earn by working hard yeah. in the game of basketball. And I mean, it's still a big part of that, like in, mm-hmm. especially in my development, working hard. But I feel like it's just something I've just had, like, like I've, I just, it's just in me. I can't explain yeah. it. It's just something I, I have in me. So you were like that kind of like as a middle schooler, like little kid? Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. I was always a kid that was talking smack and mm-hmm. just dribbling and yeah. shooting and like I was playing pig and you can't beat me in pig and I'll beat you in horse and stuff like that yeah <laughs> yeah I was always that kid yeah but I think what's cool about it just from like getting to like know you is it's in a way where it's like I know that I'm better than you because I work really really hard mm-hmm. and I think that's definitely pretty cool just like the confidence that comes with just knowing how hard you work you know what I mean? So just kind of like tell me how you developed like your work ethic. You're always in the gym. You're always working. You're mm-hmm. always going to, you know, this workout, a weightlifting workout, and yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of like how you developed that work ethic. Well, really just comes from my parents, really. Mm-hmm. Um, just growing up, seeing my dad um, just busting his butt for like 19 years or so, and then finally getting his own company. So like he just worked his way up from scratch. And uh, my mom too. She um, she obviously came from Mexico. Well, both of my parents did, but my mom she really didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of just taught herself, kind of just by being here. Um, she started off cleaning houses, like for um, it's called the D- uh, Dominions in San Antonio. That's mm-hmm. where like all the NBA players and stuff and the rich people live. And then she went to school, like as she had me. Like like a lot of people don't realize how hard that is. Like yeah. having a kid and. Not really having, um, not really having the, the financial support, right? Um, like my dad and my mom, and just having to work the way up, and now she's a teacher. I think she's on her, I think seventh or eighth year. So just really, um, just coming from, just learning from them, just watching them every day. Yeah. I guess as it was kind of just instilled in me naturally, and then it's just something I love. So, I mean, I, I know a lot of people say this, and it's kind of cliche, but it's not work hard work to me just fun yeah yeah no that's that's very cool to hear like I I didn't know that either about your parents so that's definitely pretty cool that they kind of like set that standard for you Mm -hmm. and then you have set that for your younger siblings as well yeah um you're also like one of the most competitive people that I've ever been around Mm -hmm. always want to win whether it's you know shooting free throws or getting the last shot or just you know us winning at Duncanville yeah, no, yeah. every day in practice like you're not a good loser <laughs> you don't like losing no how do you think that competitiveness plays a role like in your confidence that's a huge part honestly because I mean you know you know I mean I hate losing like I mean a lot of people like we work out or play one-on-one or just like in the game like 
like they'll think I'm like a like mean or an asshole or something like that mm -hmm. but I just I don't like losing like I don't care who you are like I want to I want to be better than you I want to beat you and like I'll find any way to do it. it's just something that like is instilled in me and stuff and really um I feel like that plays a huge part of my confidence like just walking in the gym and always saying like to myself you know like mm -hmm. you're not gonna beat me like you're not you're not better than me even though Sometimes, I mean, people might not think that and stuff. I, I always believe that. So, yeah. I mean, just not losing. I, I don't like to lose. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's why you and Coach Peavy, like, got along so well. Because, mm -hmm. like, he's really competitive and oh, he yeah, hates yeah. to lose. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, y'all might have bumped heads in practice or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. Juan being Juan or whatever. <laughs> but, like, when it came down to, like war and just going to win or whatever like we could always like depend we're always on, on the same page mm -hmm. yeah it's like that with the whole coaching staff too. yeah and i mean i feel like it's such a good quality to have because it rubs off on people you know oh, what yeah, i mean like for sure you know people see you laying it out on the line and working hard and i feel like you know at times especially your senior year you know that would rub off on you know damon juan or Damon, 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 yeah, Damon Zurich for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like you were the kind of, you know, backbone of just like, you know, we're okay. Like even when we lost like Tehachi, you know, you were the one in there, in like, the yeah, holding everyone accountable and like, y'all, like we're good. Like you were just no matter what, you were like we're good. And I'm the one that missed the game time uh, three. Still remember, I still want that game back. Mm -hmm. I want to be undefeated. Yeah, but uh, it's all good. We learn. We definitely learn from it. Yeah, I feel like it helped us at the end. For people that don't know you, that think you're just like you said, a cocky, arrogant asshole. What What do you have to say to that? Because I feel like you can't escape having people that think that when you are as confident mm -hmm. in, in yourself as you are. But you know, people like don't know you. So mm -hmm. what What do you say to someone that says, "Oh, that kid is this or that"? I mean, I just say like. First of all, like, I, I can see how I can come out that way, especially, like, since most, like, I'd say, like, 85, 90% of the people that know me know me on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I am on the basketball court. And, like, I feel like, and even though, so I feel like I still, like, I'm confident, but I'm not too overboard, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like if you guys know me as a person, like, I'm, I'm pretty humble, you know, kind of just off the court, too. Like, I always give credit when credit is due, just stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I feel like I'll just tell people, like, once you really get to know me as a person. Yeah. And I feel like it would make sense, like, why I'm like that on the court. And yeah. Stuff. No, it does for sure. It does for sure. So you are 100% Mexican, correct? Yes. Okay. 100% so, Mexican. <laughs> yes. So talk about, like, your background growing up and just kind of, like, your culture. I know you said your mom came from, like, um, Mexico and things like that, and what it was mm -hmm. like for you as a kid in San Antonio? Well, probably my earliest memory was probably living in an apartment with my dad's mom, um, just kind of just kind of being there. I know I've seen videos of me just, like, crawling around the apartment on the floor, just playing with a bunch of toys and mm -hmm. stuff. Like, we didn't, like I said, we didn't have a lot of money at all, really. But my parents always made sure, like, I would have, like, um, some toys, even if it was from, like, the dollar store or something. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of people don't know this, but my dad, he had a... Well, when he was younger, he worked at a school cafeteria. 
like, a lot of people made fun of him, but he just wanted the extra money, you know? Yeah. Like, he would wake up at, like, 4.30, because he had to be there by, like, 5, 5.30 to, mm -hmm. you know, just prepare the food and stuff. And then he earned his money. And then he was still working as an uh, electrician, too. Oh, wow. But um, yeah. he earned his money. He got a, a red Mustang. It wasn't the best, but it was a, it was still pretty nice. And then when he had me, he had to he had to sell it so we like he could afford like just buying pampers and just the simple stuff like that mm -hmm. but just um yeah my mom too like i mentioned earlier she worked really hard and just growing up in san antonio like i grew up in south side san antonio like to this day like i rep it like i love where i grew up and yeah. i love san antonio my city like i love it so much and um just growing up there like Especially in the South Side, there's just a bunch of, like, uh, Hispanics and Mexicans and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty cool, you know, just yeah. growing up around there. It was fun. So did you grow up, like, speaking English and Spanish? Yeah. Are you yeah, still, both. like, fluent? Oh, yeah, I'm still fluent. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I had my grandma, too, I speak with her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really know English. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I mean, I figured, but I just, yeah. I guess, I mean, why would you be... Really? Talking to yeah. me and speaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm fluent, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what was it like, I mean, being a basketball player and being, like, you know, a Mexican kid, like, you know, where, like, you look at stereotypes and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. you should be playing soccer or something oh, yeah, like yeah. that. So how did you get, like, into basketball and what was it like, you know, being the Mexican? You're talking about, player? like... As middle school, high school, really. Yeah, college, like middle like, school, like when you were little. Like, how did you, you know? Well, in San Antonio, it's like, especially in the South Side, it was kind of just always Mexicans, mm -hmm. um, Hispanic people. So, like, it's just, um, it's kind of the same. And then towards high school and, like, AAU as I got older, I mean, obviously basketball is a black-dominated sport. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I knew that, too. But I feel like I feel like people would overlook me sometimes. But as soon as like I stepped on the court, they'll be like, "Like he can play." Like I feel like that's how I earn people's respects, kind of. And um, yeah, just that. I mean, it's hard sometimes. But I mean, at, when I'm out there, I just yeah. I feel like you know. Just, Were you ever in any situations, I mean, maybe like as you got older, like you said, AAU or? Um late in middle school, high school, where you were, like, kind of, like, made fun of or, like, you know, situations where you had to kind of, like, prove that you belong out there with everybody else? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's been a lot of times like that, especially especially in high school. Um, just really, and I could tell, like, the way people looked at me when I walked in the gym, like, like what is he doing here? Or, like, mm -hmm. trainings, like, I'd walk in, and I could feel it, like, I feel it, you know? Yeah. Like, I just a feeling I can't explain. Like I walk in the gym. Like I'm no like I just feel it, you know. But um oh yeah, for sure. It was it was hard, but I mean kinda of my love for the game just kinda of just over through that. And then really just getting on the court, kinda of that just pushed me to go even harder, but that motivated me for sure. Like I wanted to like not only prove myself but prove people like, I'm not only as good as you, but better than you. Right. And I feel like... What advice would you give to maybe little kids, you know, that want to play basketball, that don't see people that look like them out there, mm -hmm. that maybe you're kind of nervous, but, you know, like you, like, love the game? What advice would you give to them to keep, like, pursuing it? Like, if you 
Like, if you really like and really love it, just, I feel like, me personally, I just say, like, you shouldn't care what people think. Obviously, you're, you're a kid, you're human at the end of the day, like, you have feelings, but I feel like you should just go out there and have fun, really. Just have fun and be you, because at the end of the day, it's your life, it's your sport. Like, there's not, you don't have to be, like, a certain color to play basketball. Like, it's not, I know it's black dominated but you don't have to be white black mexican yeah. um asian like it doesn't matter like if you're good at the game you're good and like especially like hispanic kids like like you said like soccer is like kind of the thing or stuff or baseball or whatever mm -hmm. it's not a lot of basketball honestly it's just like me my advice would be like if you're good at basketball like that's something rare in our heritage you know like stick to it it's something yeah. special you got like like work your butt off and see how far you can take it and at the end of the day I feel like I mean I'm so far on that journey but at the end of the day I feel like they'll they'll feel satisfied with with what they're, they're yeah. doing and I think what's cool about it is um you haven't lost yourself like you said being yourself because I feel like a lot of times too you know you might see the only white kid or whatever like trying to like be somebody that they're not mm -hmm. or if, you know they feel like they're the only minority, so they have to, you know, quote unquote, act black or, you mm -hmm. know, do certain things. But you've done a good job of just like, you know, being yourself. And I feel like people accept you for who you are. Yeah. You know, like you're just one. So just kind of talk about how you've managed to like, you know, stay true to you and who you are, even though there aren't a lot of people around you that look like you that have your same background. I mean, really, honestly, that just comes from my roots in, in church, really, just growing up in church. Um, really, like, just, I mean, for the people that don't know, like, I don't drink, smoke, or really go out to party and stuff. And just really, really just focusing on the sport that I love. Like, I, I love it so much, and I just kind of come from my parents, just always saying, just be true to yourself, you know? Do yeah. what you need to do, and don't ever fall under the bad influences or peer pressure or whatever. Don't ever let someone make you feel like you're less than them for not doing something and just not following along. Like, you be the leader, be you. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel like I've done a pretty good job so yeah, far with that. for sure. So you just finished your freshman year of college at Alabama State. And for those of you that don't know, Alabama State is a historically black college, HBCU. So first question, what was it like socially for you, this Mexican kid being around like socially, like just, you know, all of these black people, you know, mm -hmm. which obviously, like you said, basketball is a black dominated sport. So you've grown up around black people, mm -hmm. you've, you know, been around it. But I feel like going to HBCU was like a whole other level. Like I remember you sent us a Snapchat of like the sorority girls are like strolling or whatever, like in the cafeteria and mm -hmm. like 30 minutes later, you were like, Brit, Zerg, like they're still going. So like, what was that kind of like culture shock like when you first got there, like socially off the court? I mean, it was different, like, but it, I mean, it was fun, you know, like just being around that, like, like you said, like you'd walk into the cafeteria and they'd, um, like they'd have this thing called Fried Chicken Wednesday where you go dress in your best fit and just, and then they'll just go dance and stuff. Like, they'll be dancing for like 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> the different sororities would take turns and just compete against each other. Like, yeah. it was just a good experience. And then, just kind of like the football games, it was, 
I mean, there was not a lot of people there, but I mean, with the people that were there, mm -hmm. it was it was fun. You know, it was a good experience. Yeah. Good food, good barbecue and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, well, what was like? What were the girls like? Did the did the girls like you? Oh yeah. yeah I mean, like, the girls always like you, but no, no, like, I mean. I guess it just saw something different, so <laughs> they were just like, I mean, a lot of girls always came up and talked to me, and not just to like ask for yeah. numbers, but just to just like you're on the basketball team and stuff like mm -hmm. that, like just kind of just get to know me and stuff, especially like I was uh, good friends with a lot of the girls on the basketball team, like they really liked me, just yeah. just hanging out with yeah. them. So. Well, you're a very likable person, yeah. Ryan, so yeah, that doesn't surprise me, but yeah. I can imagine that it was um, a good experience. Were there any other, like, Mexicans there that you met? Like, what, were there any other? No, I didn't meet any other Mexicans. Really? I think there was one on the baseball team or something. I I don't think there was. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't meet one. <laughs> um, I mean, were there a lot, were there any other, like, were there a lot of white people there? Or was it mostly, literally, like, just... There were some white people. A, a couple. Okay. Like, on, I think the girls' soccer team was mm -hmm. basically half white. And then the softball team. And then the boys' uh, football team. Yeah. There were some white people, like the kickers and stuff. Yeah. But, so even, like, yeah. your, you know, like, all of your teachers and academic people were all, you know, black people. What was that like having um, kind of, like, higher up in education, like, just teachers that were minorities, too? Um, it was cool, like, I mean, I learned a lot of different stuff from different type of teachers, like mm -hmm. where they're from and their cultures and stuff. Like, it was it was a good experience. Like, they yeah. gave a lot of good advice and stuff. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool for sure. What I really want to know, though, is why you ended up choosing Alabama State. I know you had a couple of other offers mm -hmm. because even still to this day, like, within, like, the black community of elite athletes they're not excited about getting hbcu offers you know what i mm -hmm. mean yeah. people think that they're above it or like it's not a good experience or anything like that so yeah. i think what's cool about you is like you you know being a minority as a mexican choosing to go to an hbcu because you thought it was the best place for you to be successful mm -hmm. at that time yeah, so, like, why did you choose to go to an HBCU in Alabama State when you could have gone, you know, to other places? Yeah, I mean, um, well, first of all, it was, like, all that was, like, during COVID, so that kind of... Yeah, your recruiting was yeah, a little yeah, down. A yeah, a little off, but uh, just like everyone's. But really, Coach Mo, that was probably the main thing. I mean, I knew Coach Mo since I was in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. um, we had the number one team in RM5 at the time. But uh, we just had a relationship ever since then, and he was like, you know, come join me. I feel like we can do some some pretty special things over here. Like, like if you come, you prove, like, in practice and stuff, and just, yeah, like, I'll, I'll let you kind of be free a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, it was, that's basically the reason. For the most part, he really yeah. did. Like, even now, like, to this day, we still talk once in a while. Mm -hmm. Like, we still have a good relationship, so. Yeah. Really that and just kind of just exploring new things. Yeah. I mean, so what would you say to maybe someone who has the opportunity to go to an HBCU or, you know, another, you know, low D1 school? 
the basketball at the HBU, like you said, you know, great coach, great relationship, chance to be freer, but maybe they're a little apprehensive because, oh, you know, it's an HBCU. Like what? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like people are so put off in a weird way by HBCUs and want to go to, you know, other smaller schools and Mm -hmm. things like that because of, for whatever the reason, instead of just focusing on, okay, like if this is the best school for me to be successful, that I should really give it, you know, a hard look. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, HBCU was great for me. I mean, just as far as just being there, like Mm -hmm. the experience, like the people, they were all really nice and stuff. Yeah. And it was just, it's really a great experience to experience that culture. For me, I can't imagine how it is with being like black and stuff, like being around yeah, like all your peers. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like having, it was just amazing experience for me. And just really going where you fit in, like as far as like where you best fit as basketball wise, right. for me. Like I felt like going into my freshman year, that was probably the best option I had just right. to showcasing what I can do. A little, kind of sorta so yeah yeah so on the opposite end of that coming from such an elite high school program where Mm -hmm. you're getting media attention you're getting all of this you know gear and you're traveling and things like that and then going to a lower funded d1 what was that transition like yeah it was way different (laughs) (laughs) first of all we don't have you over there yeah not not very many colleges have you regardless (laughs) of whether it be Alabama or whatever, but yeah. yeah, it was it was way different. Like just the funds, just the media coverage, mm-hmm. um, like training facilities, traveling, traveling. Y'all on, had a lot of bus rides, right? So many. Yeah, we had to drive at least three times, like twelve or more hours. Twelve there and back. Yeah, like to Texas and wow. stuff. Like. Yeah, that's a different world for sure. It's, it's hard, but I mean, I was there to yeah, trying to trying to do what I do as you hope. But yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely different. Yeah. I mean, talk about the preseason that you guys had. You know, because HBCUs are a little bit lower funded. Mm-hmm. You know, the basketball and football teams have to go play these big power five schools every weekend, every day. Money game. You know, to get that money to bring back into the athletic department. I mm-hmm. mean, I remember like your first week, you were like. Iowa, Iowa State, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. Western Kentucky. Yeah, just kind of like talk about, you know, that experience of itself as a freshman being able to, you know, play against that competition. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a great experience once again. I felt like if I go to another school, I probably don't have that opportunity Mm -hmm. to play that many great schools, great programs. And, I mean, during those games, I felt like – I feel like I kind of gained some confidence off of that too. Like I can play at this level yeah. and stuff. And I mean, like, like any freshman in the country, like I had my ups and downs, and I definitely learned from some games. But there were some uh, a lot of bright moments too, like in that. But like in those games, but it was a great experience, really. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back. Like it's something I learned a lot about myself and and just uh, what I can do on the court and stuff like that, and just mentally just learning a lot and it was great yeah it was great so overall though in terms of just the basketball part at the HBCU um you feel like you had like a pretty good experience with it mm-hmm. I mean like you said we weren't really well funded but it's nothing we can control but mm-hmm. yeah I mean my teammates were great 
you know, as far as just getting along with them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what were like the kind of um, rivalries like? Like, who was your guys' rival? Alabama A and Alabama A What was that yeah. kind of like? Because I've I've heard that like the inner HBCU rivals are like intense. Oh yeah, yeah. It was especially when we went to their gym. Like, there's people on the floor on our warm ups and mm-hmm. just calling me names and stuff like that. <laughs> I had to. I had to tell one of the dudes something to back up and stuff like that. Cause he was yeah. kind of saying some inappropriate stuff. Yeah. But uh, no, it was great. Like the the atmosphere, even not even just our rival Alabama and them, like other schools we went to, like they had some fans show up, mm-hmm. especially with um, Alabama State and stuff. Yeah. But it was great. I mean, a great experience. Yeah. No, that's definitely cool for sure. So at the end of the season, your coach got a new job at Jackson State. Yeah, right. Jackson State. So you decided to go into the infamous portal mm-hmm. just to, you know, see what was going on there with other options. What went into that decision for you to kind of go into the portal? Well, I mean, I I don't know if I would have left if Coach Mo would have stayed or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, he, like, I can't decide that he, he left. But, yeah. But it was just a, a lot of things that went into him leaving. Like, it was... It's just a lot of things, but yeah, I feel like he did a he made a good choice in doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked about it like a one-on-one meeting before I entered the portal. And um, he was just like, "Yeah, like I'm coming to Jackson State." And like he offered me that, and he just told me to come. Like he wants me to be follow him and go, but he understands if right. I want to explore my options. And then yeah. also the um, Alabama State wanted me to stay too because they. I mean, they obviously, I mean, I just play for them. And they yeah. like how I play. Did they hire someone within the program? Mm, no, they got someone from another school. Oh, okay. But um, they still wanted me to come back. Right. And then I was just, I just wanted to explore my options, really. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just being in the portals, it was different. You know, I didn't really get to experience that because COVID, a lot of schools calling and stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, I just went with, uh, with my gut and chose to go to Campbell mm-hmm. University. So I'm not obviously, like, too familiar, like, with the portal. Like, once you kind of, like, put that tweet out, like, you know, do you, were you contacting coaches or were people contacting you? How did it kind of all work with, like, who was interested in you once you put it out there that you're in the portal? Yeah, like, you put your name in a portal. It's actually quite easy. You go to your compliance office and mm-hmm. you sign a paper and that's it. Oh, okay. They put in the system and, bam, you're in the portal and then. Really just, I mean, you can contact schools, but, I mean, I just, like me, I wanted schools to want me, want me, so. Yeah. Like, I just waited for them to contact, and um, a lot, not, I wouldn't say a lot, like, other players, but quite a few did, and Mm -hmm. I had a couple options. Yeah. Ultimately. Did you, like, take visits again and really kind of have to go through the recruiting process again in a short amount of time? I took a couple visits, but. Yeah. And then that just, like I said, I felt like. I picked the right place for me mm-hmm. in Campbell. Yeah. So, what was it? What was it about Campbell that you liked? Really. Um, Where is it at again? North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Bowie's Creek. Just a head coach. We had a. I mean, I went on an official visit there. They were just. They felt like family over there, especially mm-hmm. with the whole staff too. Like they really um, saw the best interest in me. Like I really felt like that. Yeah. And you know, it's rare, you know, especially the head coach, like. You could tell he was really excited about me being there and stuff. And 
just really watching film with them, just how they play. I feel like it mm. fit my style of play, kind yeah. of just playing fast, mm. a lot of cuts, shooting a lot of threes, and just yeah. letting me be me, so I feel like yeah, for sure, be a big year coming up for me. Yeah, and speaking of that, like, I mean, I've seen the work that you've put in. I've been in the gym with you a lot since you've been here, and, like, it's just crazy, like, how much better you've gotten like even just like little things you can tell like oh like you went to college for a year just like your defense and how hard you're working and playing and things like that mm-hmm. what what are your goals not just for your sophomore year but just like where do you want this game to take you yeah I mean obviously just go in and have a, um, a great sophomore year be the best I can be control what I can control it's gonna be ups and downs and I understand that mm-hmm. but um just just that and then have a great college career and then I try to go to the NBA and try to play professional and I feel like um, I know what I'm capable of doing and if I show to the to the world like to the basketball world what I know I can do mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna have a great chance to, yeah to play whether it be getting drafted that's everyone's dream but if not there's millions of stories out there like going undrafted and earning a spot and I feel like if a team really when I'm to that point, like I feel like they'll take me because I just I just have that confidence in myself. And the work I put in, like there's no right path to get to the NBA. Like we've seen that with many examples. Mm-hmm. So yep. I feel like if I just, like I said, control what I can control, keep um, keeping God first, and just playing the game I love. I feel like I got a great chance. Especially, yeah. yeah. And then lastly, just. Um you know, like we've talked about before, just like you being a Mexican elite hooper, you know, D1 with aspirations of playing professionally, you know, about to go with the national team here. What does like your heritage and doing what you're doing and being an example for, you know, other little kids that look up to you? I mean, it means a lot. I mean, coming for where I came from as far as like uh, just being a Hispanic kid playing in the basketball world. Like, um, to see how much I've accomplished in my young career. Like, I'm nowhere close to where I want to be, but, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'm taking the right steps so far. It's been a bumpy road, obviously, but I feel like I've done a pretty good job in just keeping my head down. And I feel like just trying to be an example, like, like at at the end of the career, I want to look back and say I really made a difference, especially with um with all the Mexican hoopers and stuff like really being their voice and stuff but I, I mean I'm nowhere close to where I want to be I understand that and um like I said I feel like I'm following the right footsteps as far as like my path and just keep trusting God and I feel like I'll get there yeah for sure well I'm excited to keep following you I'm excited that I've been able to be a small part of your story with you like you know from the big kind of from the beginning a little bit towards you know Duncanville and everything like that and I just appreciate having you in my life as my little brother and you know things like that I'm just super grateful for you and thank you for coming on the podcast one and we're all going to look forward to everything that you accomplish at Campbell I actually like put it in my phone the other day on the ESPN app, I took off um, Alabama State, State. Mm-hmm. and I added uh, I added Campbell. 
Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I added Campbell, so <laughs> no, yeah, we'll um, be following you. And sure. good luck with uh, everything. I keep trying to say, like, Team USA, Team Mexico, my bad. Yeah, Team Mexico. And um, are you going up to summer school at all? Um, after, yeah. Afterwards. Could probably head straight over there. Later in the summer. But, no, I, I appreciate you. I mean, a lot of people don't know all the hard work that goes into doing the job you do. And just wanted to say that I appreciate you oh, for everything you do for... Not only Duncanville, but just everyone always looking out for us and yeah. just stuff like that. Like at least for me, it does. The, your work doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. And, well, uh, thank you. Yeah. We're, we're family for life. Yeah, so. for sure. Even though when I pranked you and Damon, you were oh, like, yeah, "We're yeah, done, yeah. Britt." <laughs> I didn't really say that. I was just like, I didn't do Juan, anything. you didn't come to practice the next day. I was in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I really you was. Were scared. No, I wasn't. A you were bit, scared. But, it's okay. You know, bit. I still have that video video footage. I need to make a video of it because that was just so funny. Yeah, you need to. That was funny. Yeah, at you got this. You got this. At you least you didn't have your mom call me like Damon did. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and also learned something new. If you liked it, please give it a review and rating in the app that you're listening in. And also send the episode to a friend, a coworker, teammate, or a coach, anyone that you think might enjoy it. Just go ahead and send it to them. Also, make sure you're following the Instagram pod at offdayspod and never miss a beat. I'm your host, Britt. Stay inspired, and I'll see you on your next off day on the Off Days podcast.